0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome back to Locked On Red Sox on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Gabrielle, founder of Girl at the Game. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. For today's episode, we are taking another trip in the time machine. But instead of going to a specific year, we will be going on a trip through June 4th's past. Why June 4th? Because it is today, and because today happens to be my birthday. So I thought it would be fun for me, and hopefully for you, to learn a little bit about things that have happened in world history on June 4th and in baseball history. Thanks to Google and Wikipedia, I found a lot of random events that happened to happen on June 4th in world history. So, to name a few, way back in 1411, King Charles VI granted the people of Roquefort I definitely did not pronounce that right. A monopoly for the ripening of Roquefort cheese. I've actually never tried Roquefort cheese, but it's pretty cool that they have an entire place where they are the only people who are allowed to make that cheese. Kind of like how all sparkling wines that are not made in Champagne, France, are not allowed to call themselves Champagne, apparently. Anyway, fast forward a few hundred years, and the hot air balloon was publicly demonstrated for the first time in 1783, and a year later, a woman named Elizabeth Thibble, definitely did not pronounce that right either, became the first woman to fly in an untethered hot air balloon, a flight that covered 4 kilometers, also known as 2.48 miles, in 45 minutes and reached an estimated 1,500 meters, 4,921.26 feet in altitude. In 1812, the Louisiana Territory was renamed the Missouri Territory because Louisiana officially became a state. Now, this one is a whopper. I really fell down the rabbit hole with this one, but given everything that's going on, I'm going to talk about it anyway. In 1878, Henry Ford completes the Ford Quadricycle, his first gasoline-powered automobile, and it goes on its first successful test drive. Given the current times, it should be noted that he was a virulent anti-Semite who owned a weekly newspaper called the Dearborn Independent that was distributed at every Ford franchise across the United States from 1920 to 1927. And even though Ford was one of the only major corporations actively hiring black workers as well as women and handicapped men in those days, he was a racist and anti-Semitic person to a very extreme extent. How extreme? Well, the anti-Semitic articles from the Dearborn Independent were published in Germany in four volumes, and collectively, the set was titled The International Jew, The World's Foremost Problem. He also has the unsavory distinction of being admired by several prominent Nazis, including Heinrich Himmler, who wrote in 1924 that Ford was, quote, one of our most valuable, important, and witty fighters. And Adolf Hitler himself mentioned him twice in his infamous book, Mein Kampf, and also said in 1931 that he regarded Ford as his, quote, inspiration, and had a life-size portrait of him next to his desk. The Volkswagen, which literally translates to the people's car, because Volk is German for people, was based on Ford's Model T. And in 1938, Henry Ford was awarded Nazi Germany's Grand Cross of the German Eagle a medal given to foreigners who were Nazi sympathizers. And to bring it back to baseball, because yes, in case you were wondering, you did click on a locked-on Red Sox episode. On May 22, 1920, Henry Ford wrote, quote, if fans wish to know the trouble with American baseball, they have it in three words, too much Jew. Anyway, climbing out of the rabbit hole that was a history lesson into Henry Ford, let's get back on track. In 1912, Massachusetts became the first state in the United States to set a minimum wage, which is totally awesome and not at all surprising because Massachusetts was also the first state to legalize gay marriage. And since June is Gay Pride Month, I have to commend them for that as well. In 1989, sadly, the Tiananmen Square protests, which had begun in April, were forcibly suppressed, and the military occupation of central Beijing led to a death toll that varies from several hundred to several thousands and thousands more injured. And finally, in 1993, I was born. I share a birthday with Russell Brand and Angelina Jolie. And sadly, Don Zimmer, former MLB player, coach, and manager, and famous Pedro Martinez opposer, died on my birthday. And speaking of the Red Sox, in 1993, on the day that I was born, the Red Sox beat the White Sox 1-0 to on a ninth-inning RBI hit by Bob Melvin. Besides future A's manager Melvin, the Red Sox lineup that day featured Mo Vaughn, and the White Sox had a young Joey Cora, as in Alex Cora's older brother, at second base and future Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer George Bell. After spending about half an hour manually clicking through on baseball reference, it turns out that the Red Sox typically have pretty good luck on my birthday. I went to the game on my 20th birthday back in 2013, and the Red Sox demolished the Rangers 17-5. to 5. They also have had quite a few absolute blowout wins over the Orioles on my birthday, including a nine-to-one victory and a 10 to-0 victory in which I believe Clay Buckholtz was pitching a few years back. So all in all, pretty good stuff for me. Their record for every June 4th game since 1993 is 15 and 10. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, Fiat, Kia, Mercedes. Volkswagen, and models, Pacifica, XT5, Civic, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't know. And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the same exact auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com We here on the Locked On Podcast Network were thrilled to partner with Built Bar last month for an entire month of Built Bar content on the Locked On Podcast Network. And guess what? It's June and we're still partnering with Built Bar because we loved it so much we couldn't say goodbye. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They make 16 amazing flavors, including eight nut-free flavors, and all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Unlike a lot of protein bars that look like a brick and are hard to chew, Built Bar makes soft, delicious bars that are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. For example, my boyfriend's favorite is the peanut butter brownie, which has 20 grams of protein, but only 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. A lot of protein bars on the market say that they're super healthy, and they might be high in protein, but they're also full of hidden sugars and ingredients that aren't actually good for you. Bilt Bar has none of those hidden ingredients. It's just a ton of protein encased in a delicious chocolate coating. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BiltBar.com. I'm going to end today's episode with some news. For starters, the NBA is back, and not only are they back, but they will be playing at Disney World. The league's board of governors approved a 22-team format for restarting the league next month at the Disney campus in Orlando, Florida. And according to a person with, quote, knowledge of the situation, the Portland Trailblazers were the only team to cast a dissenting vote. According to the schedule, teams will arrive at Disney around July 7th and play an eight-game slate of games starting on July 31st at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at Disney. All teams will stay, practice, and play at Disney, and the NBA Finals, which would have started this Thursday if the coronavirus had not caused the NBA to suspend the season back in March, will likely stretch into October the eight-game slate to start the return of the season that will help determine the playoff seating. And from there, the league could have a play-in tournament for the final spot in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference postseason fields. It's a huge step for the sports world that a sport is actually setting a timetable to return. And I know that this is a baseball podcast, but the reason I'm talking about this is because from the jump, the NBA has handled the global pandemic and sports shutdown so well. They have been so careful, and especially considering the fact that you had multiple NBA players testing positive for coronavirus, which is what prompted all of the major sports leagues to shut down when they did, is very impressive. And they are now coming back. And not only are they coming back, but the G League, which is basically the minor leagues of basketball, announced that they are canceling the remainder of their season, but all of their G League players are being paid through what would be the end of the season, and their health benefits have been extended. So pretty much, the NBA is doing everything right, and MLB is doing everything wrong. Because if you've been hiding under a rock, or you're quarantined in a bunker somewhere, baseball is pretty much driving itself into the ground. I've tried really hard to stay positive on this podcast without baseball, talking about history, talking about hoping baseball comes back, how much I miss it, how much I love it, but it has truly killed me to watch baseball handle the sports shutdown and the potential return process the way that they have. From not paying minor leaguers to cutting minor leaguer pay until fans publicly shame you into reversing that decision. I'm looking at you defending World Series champion Washington Nationals. Baseball has done so many things that they just didn't need to do. Every single MLB owner is a billionaire, literally. To see people who are billionaires say that they don't even want to pay the guys who are making $400 a week is absolutely appalling and absolute nonsense. It's one thing to claim that you don't have the liquid funds to pay Bryce Harper. It's another thing to say that you can't pay your minor leaguers when collectively an entire season of paying minor leaguers $400 a week comes to about a million dollars. If you are a billionaire baseball owner and you don't have a million dollars to pay your minor leaguers, there's something wrong here. So tonight, as I was preparing to record this episode, the MLBPA executive board released a statement from executive director Tony Clark saying the following. In this time of unprecedented suffering at home and abroad, players want nothing more than to get back to work and provide baseball fans with the game we all love. But we cannot do this alone. Earlier this week, Major League Baseball communicated its intention to schedule a dramatically shortened 2020 season unless players negotiate salary concessions. The concessions being sought are in addition to billions in player salary reductions that have already been agreed upon. This threat came in response to an association proposal aimed at charting a path forward. Among other things, players proposed more games, two years of expanded playoffs, salary deferrals in the event of a 2020 playoff cancellation, and the exploration of additional jewel events and broadcast enhancements aimed at creatively bringing our players to the fans while simultaneously increasing the value of our product. Rather than engage, the league replied it will shorten the season unless players agree to further salary reductions. Earlier today, we held a conference call of the Association's Executive Board and several other MLBPA player leaders. The overwhelming consensus of the board is that players are ready to report, ready to get back on the field, and they are willing to do so under unprecedented conditions that could affect the health and safety of not just themselves, but their families as well. The league's demand for additional concessions was resoundingly rejected. Important work remains to be done in order to safely resume the season. We stand ready to complete that work and look forward to getting back on the field. At this point, it is so frustrating and so disheartening as a fan and a sports writer to watch baseball do this to themselves. They are truly their own worst enemy when it comes to public perception, treating their players fairly, and just running a major sports league. And the crazy thing is that the NBA is setting pretty much a perfect example right next door, and they can't even follow it. And it would be so easy for them to follow it. It would be so easy for them to say, Commissioner Adam Silver is doing a great job. Let's do that and make a buttload of money. They don't think long-term in terms of making sure that fans are engaged for the future so that baseball will continue. They don't care about minor leaguers who are the people that grow into major leaguers. And they don't even care about their current major league players who are the ones that play in the games that make them all their money. It makes no sense to me how this doesn't make sense to them. Somebody suggested to me the other day that his conspiracy theory is that MLB current MLB owners are inflating their products so that they can sell at an inflated price and get out before the bubble bursts. And honestly, it's not really much of a conspiracy when it's pretty much a guarantee that this is going to happen in the next 5, 10, 15 years. The Kansas City Royals were sold at over a billion dollars last fall, and they haven't been good in years. And the New York Mets, when their proposed deal was happening this winter, were valued at over $5 billion. And the Mets have been even worse than the Royals over the last 30 years. I can't even fathom what the Yankees would be sold for. They were valued in Forbes last month at $5 billion. So basically at this point, it's only a matter of time before the baseball bubble does burst. And the sad thing is that the way things are going, there might not be any fans left by the time it happens. Thanks so much for tuning into this weird, historical random episode of Locked on Red Sox. It was my birthday, so I decided I was going to have some fun and do what I wanted to do. And since there's no current baseball, I did it. And I had fun doing it. And I learned a lot. I hope you did too. And when this episode is over, tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked on Fantasy Baseball. With no real baseball, fantasy baseball is pretty much all you're going to have right now. So don't mess an episode. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at GFSTARR1, and you can follow Locked On Red Sox at LO underscore Red Sox. Have a great rest of your week. Stay safe. Be nice to people. And as always, go Red Sox. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music.